Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is the podcast legend, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brennan McElinden. Fellas, would you consider Buffalo Chicken Dip a fall flavor? Absolutely, because you only have it. No, no, no. I would say it's not a fall flavor because typically the buffalo chicken dip is served at Super Bowl parties, which is most decided in February. Would you, I mean, would that be in your first five fall flavor menu items that you would mention? You're like, I'm craving fall food and I damn it, I want buffalo chicken dip. No, fuck that. Who's, Who's saying this? Who's saying this? Are you, are you cussing at my wife? Yes, I am. I am cussing at <laughs> the holy water queen of Hicksville. Josh, uh, that's not one of her pregnancy cravings, is it? Uh, I'm suddenly craving buffalo chicken dip. That I can honestly. That is not a false flavor. Uh, I can honestly say that is not uh, that particular craving. That's good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, she was, uh, she, you know, living in Hicksville, it's our, our food choices are pretty limited. Uh, <laughs> grocery, grocery stores are are a little bit longer, farther away. But if you're like, this is basically Fort Wayne suburb. So it takes me 25 minutes to get to a grocery store. There's plenty of people living in the city. It takes them 20, 25 minutes to get to a fucking grocery store. It's not that big a deal. But she was, <clears throat> we are we are dwindling down to the last, uh, <clears throat> from the last grocery trip. And she was just craving something. And she's like, I want some fall food. Where's, and Buffalo chicken dip was what 
like the first thing she said. So when I picked the kids up from school, I went to in Hicksville, you have to you have to because they closed the grocery store down a couple of years ago. We used to have a nice little grocery store. Um, sometimes the food was, the food was moldy because it sat around because mm. nobody really shopped there. That a was anyways. a Spartan store, right? It was a, it was a Spartan store when I first moved to town. Yes, uh, it was a super value um, is what it ended up turning into. But anyways, so you got to go to a couple different places. One of them is the gas station deli known as Sailors, uh, which has actually got a great selection of food, and also the the nationwide famous uh, Dollar General, which this one is a market Dollar General, so it has fresh produce, and it's actually it's it's okay. So, anyways, so picked up the kids, made a couple of trips, or you know, went to, went out to Sailors, went out to DG, and uh, got. Some different, some various fall flavored foods, but one of them was the ch- buffalo chicken dip, which I immediately made and then s- basically just sat there until maybe about an hour ago. She she finally got grabbed some and she was watching uh, this really intense show called The Watchers on Netflix, which is yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, good. Well, yeah. But anyways, I just thought that was like those random, random food for for fall that I, I couldn't even imagine for saying it. At least they, sh- they haven't tried to put pumpkin spice uh, into it. So I guess that there's well, something, right? Who says, you know what? You know what? I guarantee you if I hit up the old Google machine and I say pumpkin spice, spicy chicken dip. Bullshit. Spooky sriracha spice pumpkin and buffalo chicken dip right oh, there. No. Oh, my God. Is nothing sacred? What, what will this world – God, what will this world fall Place for? Chicken, softened cream cheese, cheddar, red hot sauce, sriracha, pumpkin, cinnamon, sour cream, and bacon oh, on a food no. processor. Now, is it only called? Is it only get the pumpkin name because it has like a eighth teaspoon of pumpkin spice in it? Uh, probably, man. Oh. You know, I mean, because you can't even you can't even put that much in anything before it like completely kills something. It's anything with pumpkin spice in it is a very light smattering. Yeah, that PSL is taking uh, – you know, my my wife had never had PSL anything in her entire life and because uh, she's not a coffee drinker. So PSL's never been – she never – she doesn't – she didn't even know what it was all about. She hates pumpkin pie. Um, the texture, oh. I guess, gets her. But she never had any PSL, and uh, but she drinks chai lattes every day um, you know, with oat milk, and they didn't have her vanilla chai. So I had to get a regular chai and I was like, she was like, well, get me like a, an oat creamer that I can use to like substitute the vanilla. And I saw the PSL there and I was like, I'll get her oat PSL. She's now full on board the PSL train. A basic to my wife. A <laughs> basic, I basic her up. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know what, boys, speaking of basic, we're going to talk about Notre Dame football tonight. <laughs> Hey, hey. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, it's gotten, uh, it's definitely gotten to that point. Um, there's nothing better than me sitting around for an hour, uh, contemplating in my head, like how similar this is to 2016. Um, just the general fan base reaction, everything. It's, it's actually a, a fun mixture of, uh, second year Ty Willingham and 2016, so uh, not quite 2007 levels of uh, destruction. I, you know, I, somebody, don't know, I don't know how you brought do. up. 
2003 in no way, shape, or form was fun. No. No. I, I've heard some – you know, somebody – because I dropped the old 2003 reference, and somebody said, well, this is kind of 2008-ish. And I was like, well, they had Jimmy Clausen. And then I looked – Cause like I guess my memories weren't as like 2008 were, wasn't a great offensively why, it was hot trash. I, yeah, I, I mean they had great pieces. Can I can but, I say I don't love the allusions to years in which we lost to Syracuse football. So uh, <laughs> oh you mean you mean pencil that one in as a dub Syracuse football? Yeah yeah well 2003 was probably one of the. Uh, it was probably one of the worst years of my life, uh, period, uh, outside of Notre Dame football. Like, yeah, it was pretty fucking bad. Uh, <laughs> then you throw that shit season on top of it, and it oh, did no. not end with it. Did not end as a end as a banger. It did not. Two thousand um, Notre Dame will always have a uh, sweet spot in my heart. Thank you, Julius Jones. Yeah. Well. Speaking uh, yeah, 2003, uh, Julius Jones was pit Ju- Julius Jones, right? Sure 200, two, 200. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, I have vivid memories of that game for many reasons, which I will not discuss on this podcast. Uh, all right. So let's get into it. I want to, um, you know, last podcast I joined late, uh, I broke the walls down and, uh, it showed up, but we did not. Uh, get to our our uh, promise of uh, reading off reviews, and so just remind everybody: get your asses over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave, we will read on the next OFD podcast, unless the walls have not been broken down. Uh, but j- what kind of reviews are we looking for, Brennan? Uh, well, I believe we're looking for uh, earned Julian Love. Uh, game ceiling interception, Julian mm. five star. Nice. Very nicely done. As a Giants fan, I 100% approve of that illusion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some great uh, Jude. Uh, if you go into, uh, I think it's NFL Gettys uh, has like a good like six seven shots of Julian Love on that interception, looking like a stud, just looking like looking like the five star that he is, Jude. I love it. Let's get some reviews. Let's get these reviews going. Uh, First one here from Bo Blari, one, two, three. It's five stars. Frozen pizza. This is an earned five-star review. Please buy Jude a new mic. Coming from a first-generation Italian family, I never thought I would like a frozen pizza, but I now keep one or two home run end pizzas in my freezer. Love your previews and recaps of games. This podcast feels like a group of buddies sitting around drinking beer and talking indie football. Your podcast is my therapist and has helped me get through college football season. Tacos are way better. No beans in a taco. Yes. You don't have to be fucking beans in a burrito either. No, I never put beans in my burrito. I, I normally don't. Fuck that Pelson filler. I mean, sometimes I will. Because I like it. But... I like to be fried beans when I'm not, when I'm drunk. So, uh, I do the, uh, the sacrilege of, uh, of kind of, uh, pasting the inside of, uh, the with tortillas bushes, with, some with ref- bushes baked. No, with some refried beans, with some refried beans to, uh, when I'm making enchiladas. 
kind of gives them a fluffy, it gives them a fluffier um, texture when you when you do it that way. But I also do like Taco Bell still has not brought back back the double decker, so I will make double deckers of my own at home, which might be the greatest uh, American American bastardized version of Mexican food ever is the double decker taco. It's fucking it's fantastic. So my understanding from Jude's earlier statement is that uh, in the second halves of half of the games Notre Dame's have played this year, where he hasn't been at a wedding, he has been indulging himself in re- in beans, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured Jude like a hobo sitting around him. He's around with his can of beans. beans. Just eating beans. Just straight out of the can. No, it's straight it's, out of the can. It's like the bad decision that like comes when you've when you've drunk too much and you're also driving by a Taco Bell where you're just like, I want to stop there. And then all of a sudden you're just looking for um Anything filler, just gonna right? make your yeah, just make your heart <laughs> heart and your your ass explode. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of which, um, you know, fellow uh, podcaster. Well, I think he's still a podcaster. Yeah, uh, uh, Ryan Ritter did the uh, twenty eight dollar Taco Bell bet, and uh, he did raise some money for charity. And and I, I salute him because uh, I I wouldn't want to sit down and eat fourteen tacos and a and a nacho. Like I thought that was the it, I really do have to criticize his order. I mean, he was trying to survive, and I get that, but like it just mix it up. Yeah, it wasn't a very fun order. Uh, the original order, the guy who spent twenty eight dollars. First of all, he had twenty eight dollars after tax, uh, and it really wasn't even twenty eight dollars. But at least he uh, at least he had three or he four. got it before tax. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At least he had three or four different uh, items uh, that were kind of um, fun to go together. And Andy Staples did the same exact thing. He actually did a whole podcast while eating his $28 worth of taco. Bell. I thought Andy Staples order was, was, uh, was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, Not, no, I, and they weren't exactly items that I would have chosen per se, but I think the way that he mixed it up, cause you got to trick yourself into eating that much. I was going to say the, right? the Cinnabons on the, in the end were, I, it was the perfect. chef's guess, I think of that. So it reminded me yeah. of the Monty, the Monty Python skit. I don't know if uh, maybe I'm dating myself, but you know, there's this extremely large man who's sitting at a table and he just eats just like everything. Right. And at the end the the, uh, the waiter comes over and gives him a mint and it's that one mint that starts off the trail of just vomit everywhere it's just like projectile vomit it's a i think it's a pretty funny clip but anyways yeah that. andy is no stranger to eating good so it did not shock me in the least that that he did his well the one thing i'll say is they they, they, they released a time lapse of him of him during the podcast he is sweating a lot more by the end uh that podcast he's looking a little <laughs> like he's looking well, this a, is a little is, uh, stuff in the face so. this is fit andy state yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah. 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 Four so, years ago, three years ago, Andy Staples would have done it. No problem. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, okay. Jude and I are the same age. Brendan's a little younger, but don't you guys find that like uh, at age 44 compared to like age 23, like I didn't, I didn't get the meat sweats at age 23. Oh, I just no. fucking ate. Oh, yeah. yeah like, that, none of that bothered me, but like, as I got older, I started noticing like in my late thirties, going to my forties, like, man, when I eat a lot, like my body is really like trying to tell me I got to get rid of some shit. And some of that's just <laughs> before we keep going here, bud. Uh, yeah. But that, I think that has to be an age thing is where you sweat as a, as an eater. 
maybe I'm wrong, but I it's just something I've noticed. I feel I I yeah, I don't know the science behind it, but I feel like you're right. I feel like that's exactly how I am. Uh, or maybe you're just more aware. <laughs> maybe you don't give a fuck. You're when 23 I'm indulging you're in, uh, you know, you're standing around the grill having a couple of pops, um, you know, eating the chicken straight off the the grill, uh, you know, when it's nice and hot. And then, you know, maybe uh, hour, hour 15 into this endeavor where you've just been stuffing your face with whatever's come off the grill, uh, all while drinking it down, you know, uh, washing it down with a nice uh, adult refreshment. You uh, you go to the bathroom and you think to yourself, wow, I am I am I am sweating a lot right now. And I don't think it has anything to do with the uh, the temperature outside. I think it's just this is just like this is this is meat and alcohol consumption right here that I'm just like my body's pushing out, you know, it makes sense. It checks out. It checks out. Checks out. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, next review here from Okie ND. Where have all the quarterbacks gone? Five stars. Great pod, guys. Love the colorful takes and attitude y'all bring to this. Joe Alt earned five-star podcast. Love it. I don't agree with all the fire, the OC, all the fire, the OC noise around Rees, but I can definitely get behind firing Rees, the quarterback coach. When I watch the game, Rees seems to be calling competent plays and schemes people open. The issue is the quarterbacks cannot hit wide, wide open receivers or they are too short to get the ball over the DL. Reese has been here long enough. These are all of his quarterbacks. I'm seriously questioning his ability to evaluate and develop talent. How does an ND quarterback room look this bad? So famously, I'll start with this famously. um, And I'm not sure if this is public knowledge, but uh, it can be now. Um, Marcus Freeman sure wanted this kid named Dante Moore, huh? Remember that? Uh, he he wanted him very badly. Yeah. He sure did want him bad. Do you know who didn't want Dante Moore that bad? Allegedly. Thomas allegedly. 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 Thomas Reese didn't want him quite as bad. Um, he put all his chips allegedly. in the table for C.J. Carr, who was a five-star quarterback when he signed with Notre Dame. Uh, go check those on three rankings again. Uh, local boy around here, uh, he has dropped 100 spots just about. Uh, to To be fair. Yeah. There's not much talent on Celine, uh, but he did lose the game seven to nothing to Bedford, which if you're a quarterback and you lose a game seven to nothing, I don't care if you have little sisters of the boar, uh, you should be able to score a touchdown, huh? I mean, in high school as a, and that's a, that's an excellent point in high school. If you are as good as what people say you are, no matter what's around or a touchdown, almost, almost regardless of what's around you, you should you be can, able to put up score. Yeah. yeah, a touchdown. Put up. Yeah, or two. But I mean, it's not only that, but like he's fumbling a lot. He's he's throwing interceptions, multiple turnovers. He's had multiple, multiple turnover games this year. Uh, it's not been a great junior year. And that I mean, I, I'll say that I will say this, though, but I will say this about Carr. I have I have watched as much as I can uh, of a season and it has been a struggle. But there's a lot to work with there. Yeah, there's a talent. I there, mean, he could scoot. I mean, he's white, so it's scooting. There's there's um, scooting. He has a he has a really strong arm. Um, curiously, when he played Dexter, he didn't throw long at all, uh, which was well kind of that could well that could be with with what he's working with. Right. But he does have he does have a really strong arm, and I mean he has the he has a, a good frame to be a, a a a dominant college quarterback. So. 
you know, you, you piece some things together there. He's having a bad season. Right. But I, I think I, that the juxtaposition of Dante Moore, you know, right. Not, you know, you could have gone harder. Like here, this, this was a but, conscious. But I mean, but I'm going to have to, I mean, I got to pull the pin a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. I don't really think it doesn't really matter how Dante Moore is at Oregon because his dad is getting paid by Oregon. Yes, that's that not Marcus mostly. Freeman's fault. That's not Tommy Reese's fault. Maybe it's Brady Quinn's fault. I don't know, but that's it doesn't matter who wanted who they were going after. Dante Moore was the number one target for the 2023 class. I mean, cars 24. So it almost doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter who wanted who Freeman wanted more and Tommy bought right on in with the top. Wasn't like Tommy went in begrudge. Like maybe he wouldn't bring grudgingly, but it wasn't like he didn't put his full effort into it. It's just that Oregon wrote the check. And I'm not saying the school, when we talk about these things, people are just gonna have to realize that we are talking about whatever side stuff goes on. That's borderline legal. We're just saying the school's name. All right. Like Tennessee wrote the check for Nico. It wasn't Tennessee, but whatever happened. That's what we mean by that. Oregon the col- wrote the, the check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever collective. Oregon wrote is. the check for Dante Moore, and that's how out there. I don't care what anyone says. Well, he said it was good. No, I don't. I'm not buying into any bullshit narratives. He just, just loves apple reality. juice. Know the reality. The the stigma of what recruiting used to be just a couple years ago about money and recruits is still very much alive in the air. So you know, it kind of so reminds me be, of like being in a state that's legalized weed, how the stigma still exists, but it's legal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you like, people kind of look at, look at sideways for it, but it's like, guys, it's fucking legal legal now. So it's legal. Just deal with it and adapt. Even if, even if it's obnoxious walking around and smelling, you know, skunk smells everywhere you go. I love, I love how heavy duty Ziploc bags are now considered safes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was my favorite. That's my favorite part. Like this is a legal safe. <laughs> but but to the to the reviewer's point, like Tommy Reese has been the quarterbacks coach for six years. Yes. Right. And this is this the the quarterback. Like look at the quarterbacks that have come through and been run out in his time. Like Phil's been run out of town, right? And that that's in this time frame. The guys that have succeeded the. The most Evo. have the most Tommy have the most Tommy Reese qualities. Right, that's the, that's the thing. They're, is it's they, like they've all been, they've all been limited people. Did Tommy and, look, Reese put a banana peel at the bottom of that step before the the spring look, game I for say, Tyler Buckner to slip on? I want to say this before we move on, or before we keep going. I fucking love Tommy Reese. Now that may sound weird, as much as I've we've been criticizing him lately and all that. Look, I wore my goddamn Tommy Reese T-shirt yesterday. I fucking love Tommy. He epitomizes everything that some, the man that was not wanted at Notre Dame. He committed to Charlie Weiss. Brian Kelly didn't want him, but Reese showed up in spring. Then he becomes the fucking starter as a freshman. Went through everybody's bullshit, had his entire team back him. You want to know why people like you, you see like former Notre Dame players go to bat for Tommy over shit that is just absolutely wrong. It's because they fucking love him. They were his teammates. He, there is something about him that is magnetic enough for for him to rally the people around him, and that demands respect. 
And I respect people like that. It's not, you know, he, he took a lot of shit at ND and gave everything that he had. It wasn't Tommy's fault that he fucking wasn't faster, couldn't throw farther. That's just genetics. And he was the best thing they could throw out. That's not his fault that he was the best that Notre Dame could come up with. But I think, but I think to that point, Tommy as a quarterbacks coach at Notre Dame, it for whatever reason, maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a coincidence. But it just seems like in, the quarterback has to have a Tommy type quality to him for that to even work a little bit. Like Drew Pine definitely has that. Yeah. Ian Book had that. Ian Book had that. It's, it's a faster Tommy, and that's kind of the th- that's kind of, kind of feels like the thing. So, you know, maybe I'm way off base on that, but I do I do want to put my. It is funny uh, though that I mean I you're right. I love Tommy Reese. I did too. I mean, a, who started the Reese's thing? Right. I mean, we were on the yeah. forefront of the Reese's thing. Um, you know, way back when. I mean, I was making Reese's memes that's, back in. That's how. That's how we first. That's how we really first started talking. Yeah. Because <laughs> of Tommy. See, Tommy Reese brings the world together. But but at the same time, like, you know, there's the um, what is it? The sunk cost fallacy where at some point you just need to say, look, yes. this is this seemingly is not working because for all of the gripes that we had against Dell Alexander, who was the offensive coordinator that oversaw the recruitment of those wide receivers during that time? Tommy Reese. So the the quarterback room is in the state that it's in and the wide receiver room is in the state that it's in. And the guy who oversaw that entire operation was there basically for the entirety of that era. Right. And you know that Kelly was, was, uh, allotting that a lot of that to Tommy, because we know how off, off the, off but, hands that Kelly was with recruiting, but I mean, and and but you saw the immediate impact Freeman had on recruiting. Is that we right, 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 right? Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, he bought the groceries, but you know, he just I, he didn't leave Hicksville to get the groceries. He didn't he didn't leave Hicksville to get the he, no, did, he, he went, went to the Dollar General. He went to DG Market. DG Market. DG Market. John, I will say this. Go ahead, I was, was going to say, I, I think this is a perfect time to interject um, a tweet that I saw from a, um, a, a recruit's mother the other day that said, I'm watching, quote unquote, fans, media and folks hide be, hiding behind screens who are going after Notre Dame for football personnel. I'm sad. As the mother of a f- recruit commit, I'm watching you rip them apart week after week. There's no wonder kids decommit. First of all, um, I'm not sure I could disagree more with with it. Oh, with, I. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I uh, first of all, I, I don't know. There's, I think there's, there's a difference between just uh, shitting on a person and um, and feeling passionate about a team that you can call out what you see as deficiencies. Um, you know, Robbie Thomas said, you know, I'm not happy about this team, but you know, you try. Uh, I, w- I hope that at your job, somebody's constantly telling you that you suck and and whatever. Like, first of all, like well, what if you what if you don't suck? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. First of all, there's, there's an option here. Right. Which is just do better. Um, second of all, you know, if Tommy Reese is, is reading his his Internet mentions, then Tommy Reese ought to um, delete Twitter from his phone, you know, 
look, the fan base is is understandably upset. Some people are saying things that are beyond the pale that are just not um, not appropriate. But at the same or time, true, or true, I I think you I you know I think that um, this this recruits mom would want a coach who was was hard on her kid and pushed her kid to be the best he could possibly be. And I think that's par- partially why, um, you know, and I think you guys have encapsulated really well in this conversation. We love Tommy Reese and we want him to be what we think he's able to be. And it's frustrating when these defects show themselves. Um, right. Right. And I, some of this, a lot of this is, is we think is fixable. Um, but some of it requires a change of perspective or a willingness to admit um, wrongs. And I'm not talking about standing up in front of the beat media on a Wednesday and saying, lay the blame on me. It's on me. It's not on the kids. Of course it's on you. You're the one getting paid (laughs) million dollars to to, to put the ship together. You said the most obvious thing. Right. And for not shitting on the table, Tommy. Right. I don't think, I don't think it's brave. I don't think it's brave. I don't think it's inspirational. I think that everyone is looking for this guy who is healthily compensated for doing his job correctly to do his job better. You know, that statement is, is, is a way to deflect is a way to say that don't be too hard on me because I'm the one that's put myself out. I mean, it's a way to, it's a way to deflect. Well, I, mean, I, just, I don't. Else, I don't think. You, I don't think you earn. You shouldn't earn kudos for saying I. Su- I've been sucking at my job lately. Like you've right. said something that's patently obvious. You know. So so fucking. No, and, and the other thing is uh, this. This last sentence is there's no wonder kids decommit, right? Like, well, every fan base is like this. Okay, every fan. Every fan base is just as frustrated. Go to Iowa. And see if their fan base is frustrated with their fucking coaches. <laughs> go, to, go to Alabama. Go to Alabama's right now. Yeah. yeah. Who are um, freaking so the fuck out because they lost. If you players. think that the grass is greener on the other side of wherever your kid is looking at other schools, I assure you that there's always a certain segment of the fan base that's going to take things too far. There's a certain uh, fan base that's that is just miserable human beings and they're just negative about everything. But most of us fall in that acceptable range where – you know, we have seen it better and we know it can be better. And we know that these people are smart and they're well paid to to figure it out. And now we're just asking them to do their fucking job. Exactly. Amen. Yeah, because that's what it boils down to is do your fucking job. And exactly. and your job is to go up in front of the media and just say, my bad, guys, uh, I'll do better. And you know what? Against UNLV, they might very well score 45 points. But the fact of the matter is, is that – on at least two Saturdays this year, you didn't do your fucking job. And it's okay for us to be able to say X coordinator did not do their fucking job that resulted in two losses to teams that have approximately one win apiece against the FBS. We can say that we can say we can, we, we can point that out and it doesn't make us bad people. It doesn't just because we're making fun of your friend or the quarter you know, the, the, you know, your quarterback or whatever, or the coordinator. But, you know, if, if you can't figure out a way to beat the team, that's 119th against the run, then you didn't do your job. The, the Jaden Thomas sweep was doomed from the start. From and the Marcus, very start. Marcus Freeman said after the game that he could tell that the play was going, going to blown up. 
was going to get blown up and he should have called the timeout, but he just said basically, fuck it, let's run it. That is malpractice. Hold up. That cause cause when you say that, um somebody uh I can't I, I was it was in a Twitter uh Twitter mentions that I was in, but somebody brought up the point that on the uh fourth and eight, do you know who was not on the field on the fourth and eight? Yeah, Michael, Michael Mayer and Tobias Merriweather, although I did say and Mayer the reason Bear was, was gassed. gassed. All right. He was gassed. You had timeouts. I was gonna say, do you know how to how to fix that? <laughs> you call a timeout and you get your best play. If you need eight yards to continue playing the game of football, you call a fucking timeout and you get your goddamn best player at getting eight yards on the field. You don't run out there with you know Salerno. No offense, but you don't run out there with Chris Salerno as the option. There is offense. That is offensive that the best player of your, of your offense, the most reliable guy at the very least is somebody is somebody who can decoy is going to break. He's going to take two defenders away from somebody else. Wasn't out there because he was too tired to run. Now look, Michael Mayer played all game long. I'm not going to, he someone, ran, a, I, I guess, I guess the story goes as he ran, he ran, he ran a yards. 40, yeah. yeah, 50 yards, which I get. And I'm not gonna, so call I'm a not fucking timeout and exactly. get your goddamn best player on the goddamn field because you know what? You're not bringing those timeouts to UNLV. Fake. You fake needed a fucking, eight yards. Fake a fucking injury. Whatever you got to do. Uh, I mean, bring out a squirrel. I mean, why aren't we shady? Why don't, don't we have know. things set? Why don't we have things set up like a squirrel in a cage? Like, like there should be like a trap door concrete coming out of a sideline with at least three squirrels in there. And when we need a timeout and we don't want to burn one, release the squirrel. I How watched David I Shaw oh, teams. Squirrels. There's squirrels everywhere. I watched David Shaw teams for a half decade fake injuries against Chip Kelly Oregon teams in order to, <laughs> to get their defense onto the field, right? For a half decade, we watched that shit. We've seen you it. You know, and the other and thing we is. Were, hey, we were accused of it against Georgia in 2019. Yeah, because like JOK, right? They took JOK right. off the goddamn field, and they're like, "Oh, well, look at them thinking it's like, yeah, we're gonna take our best player off the the field. Buckus Award winner off the field because of that." Yeah, Give me okay. a break. And Marcus Freeman rightfully pointed out that he cannot throw the ball for Drew Pine, and so like uh, like the overthrow of Valenzi is is ultimately on Drew Pine. But you know what's on Marcus Freeman or Tommy Rees or both of them having your player run a six yard out on a play call when you need eight fucking yards. That's just, yeah, I, I mean, if, if you haven't drilled situations and having, if you haven't taught situational awareness to all your players, then I don't know what we're doing here. Well, I, and I want to, I want to say maybe they did. And it's just that that's what, that's what uh, maybe he fucked up there and Pine then, fucked up by throwing people, it there. Well, I was well, going to say, then, look, that's, there. there's that's been one. plenty, there, there was plenty of clips from that game. Plenty of clips from that game that clearly showed what Freeman has been fucking banging his head on the table about a lack of execution. Like, but to the point that Brendan made in the last podcast, all of those missteps, we were, we're seeing in these clips, just like the one where they're, they're, they're trying to get the playoff and you got two guys out there. Didn't even know the fucking ball was snapped. Was it? Was I think the hell was that on the fourth and eight? They didn't know the fucking ball was snapped. And so they delayed movement. Yeah. It was Lindsay and, and uh, uh, I can't remember who the other one was, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah. People see the clip. They don't. 
that's not all. I mean, that's not on the coaches at that moment, but it is like, you need somebody on the sideline to straighten some shit out. Like call it the battery. You know, the battery is fucked up. You know, you have the, you know, your catcher and your pitcher, man. And they got to be in sync to get through that game. There's no battery out there. There's, there's nothing like the, the play calls coming down, the play flow, the personnel decisions going in and out. The flow of, of that is what has been criminal this year. Absolutely fucking criminal. It's not the play calls. Yes, there are some, there have been some horrendous play calls, but every offensive coordinator in the country is going to fucking make some bad calls. It is not you. It is not a perfect game type of system. You cannot do it, but they are highlighted when you have goof ups with personnel and just down a distance and just getting your shit together. That well, is where that, that is where like maybe it would help if Reese had been come down to the tower to help with that process because that relay, that relay from the tower down there is not working. No. And, and the problem is, is when you're up in the tower and you have to call down onto the telephone because it's not the NFL where they have uh, a microphone right. installed in the helmet, you know, with the green sticker, when you have to call down, you are taking the quarterback away from his players in right. order to have that conversation. So he, you are now, not only are you removing yourself from the situation, you are removing the quarterback from the, the whole battery, like you said. Like when the catcher comes out to talk to the pitcher, the entire the rest of the infield comes, comes in, in too. The rest of the infield comes in too. When the coach so, comes out, the rest of the infield, the outfield. The rest of I the mean, infield, everybody gets been, on the same page. But 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 if you're if you're sitting up at the tower and you're calling down to the quarterback, there is a disconnect there, and that disconnect's fine for the NFL because you have the microphone, and you, it, it's more. And they're fucking pros. They're pros. They're fucking pros. But in the college game, there's a reason why Nick Saban, up until Bill O'Brien, had every single one of his coordinators down on right. the field is for that personal connection. And right. Bill O'Brien's the you know the the NFL guy. But I don't. Eh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens this week against UNLV. Um, I don't, I, mean, I don't, I just do not think that Notre Dame is even remotely as bad as what they have shown and seemed on like a talent level on like a willing to perform. They don't even, it doesn't even seem flat. It just seems, it's just so off. And because of all these misfires of communication. It's like, you know what it, it kind of reminds mean, me? It's like a can't. movie that gets too many rewrites of the script, right? Where you you look at a movie and it's got like 15 script writers and they keep rewriting right. the script. And like the movie's not bad. It's just, it's just, it ain't not, good. it's not good. It's just flat. It's like clapping on one and three when you should be clapping on two and four, right? Yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah, much. exactly. Yeah. So that we are, so we are the whitest team in America. Then can't well, keep beating. I mean, isn't oh well, I mean, I mean. <laughs> so it goes uh, without saying. Yeah, I mean, what would you fight for? Uh, all white student body, I think, right? So. Uh, I mean, they were they were fighting for uh, for justice in Nigeria last week. Yes. So. Ah. Uh, you know what? I probably had five or six other things to bring up in in our ranting there. And I'm just going to let it fucking go. 
I was going to let it go. Let it go. It just, I'm just going to hold you back anymore. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm going to. No, no, no. He's doing. I don't bit. care what they're going to say. <laughs> storm Ray John. You know, I wrote, you know, I wrote a whole song to that for Benny Sko. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere around here where it's like Benny Sko, Benny Sko can't hold him back anymore. Uh, hope, I, don't care what the, I don't care what the draft Knicks say. Yeah. I had a whole, I had a whole song for Benny Sko. Benny Sko is a, is, he's trash, right? He's a, he's a trash NFL player. I heard he's a garbage NFL. You know, he's like a fullback. Like, his position, absolutely he's basically like the, uh, you know, he's like, um, he's creating a whole new dynamic, uh, on the, on, in NFL offenses. And I just look I'm, at the innovation coming out of Fort Wayne right now. Look at the fucking innovation. He's like Debo. He's, he's, he's the white Debo Samuel. Oh my God. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? He's white Debo Samuel. <laughs> he's the white Debo Samuel because he's like Debo Samuel reinvented, it. reinvented the, the, what, like you tell me what position Debo Samuel plays. And if you can tell me what position he plays, kudos to you because he plays everything. You know what? You know what? Slash WR, I think, right? Yeah, I mean he's, I mean he's everything. You're a football like, player. You're a no, football you're player. You're a football player. Like the football galloping player. ghost, right? You're I mean, a fucking football player. That's all. That that's all that matters. Benny, that's Benny Sko. Best wide receiver to come out of Notre Dame since Will Fuller. And you know what? He might be better than Will Fuller when all said and done in the NFL. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Duh. Uh, not Brian Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> Wide receiver talent extraordinaire. <laughs> Evaluator extraordinaire. All right. Yeah, I no, I'm saying I'm letting it go. I'm just going to like shit's just going to fall off my back. And look, I want to I want to have fun this season. It's, I'll say that. I will say this. I this week. I'll say this. The parent tweet is like the most like obvious parent tweet of all time. Cause they're a fucking parent. Yeah. But, they're in the feelings. It's fine. Like, I understand. As a, as a youth coach, I deal with it all the time. I deal with when my wife's upset about, about stuff with our kids. P- parents are absolutely fucking oblivious to their, to, to anything rational when it comes to their children in sports. And it's okay. Like that's, that's normal. Like no one, no one should like mock, uh, mock her for that tweet or it's just normal. That's, that's a normal reaction as a parent trying to protect their child in whatever way. Maybe he's pretty pissed off about, by the way, people are acting and she's just, she's sticking up for him. That is normal. What we're just saying is that what else is normal is that all the shit that's going on this week and you tweet that, but nobody's going to Tommy's house and, or apartment and lighting bags of fire. No uh, dead dogs. Shit on fire. No dead dogs I mean, porch. Maybe they are, and it's being unreported. But as far as I know, no one's getting harassed in the middle of town. Uh, it's, it, you know, it, it, everything's, everything is on a Twitter type level, which is absolutely fine, normal, and honestly to be expected. If you don't and think I don't get, you don't think I don't get a few tweets and emails daily about how shitty I am as a writer podcaster <laughs> or, then you're you're fucking high and i've been I, i've gotten it every day since 2007 and i'm still here it's just, i mean who gives shit? I think it's really i also think if it's if it's contained to social media then it's really easy for a guy who makes well over a million dollars a year and has to ignore the fuck out of it 
And yeah, and it probably has a job that ca- causes him to work 75 plus hours a week to safely ignore it. You know, he know yeah. he knows. He knows. And this knows. is this he is a fan base that won't stand up like I don't know if you guys listen to the single high, but this is this isn't a fan base that isn't willing to cheer on third down in a one score football game. What the fuck are they gonna get I mean, all this, out this, of sorts about with an offensive coordinator? This is the like, fan you base. Can't, you can't find the time to get excited about a one score football game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you can just sit this one out with tr- death threats to the OC. That's not happening. This isn't, you know, Auburn where you're murdering trees. Or Alabama, where you're murdering Auburn's trees. <laughs> Joshua Brennan, do you do you remember what Dan Devine said about Notre Dame fans? It's so true. It's still still true. To There's two types of Notre Dame people: Notre Dame haters and Notre Dame lovers. And frankly, they're both a pain in the ass, right? Like, yeah. it just it's absolutely true. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's all you know, fans, though. I mean, we are all you know, fans. We are the, you know kind, we are the kind of fan base that would invite Jerry Faust to a communion breakfast. And then tell him how shitty of a job he's doing as a, as a head coach. That's the, Might I mean, well. you're right. Well, I mean, like, but do you know who I hate the most? People are always just going to say it, you know? You know who I hate the most? Every extreme. I hate the fucking super positive. Everything's yeah. got to be fucking awesome all the time. I, Everybody's I probably be- hate them. I probably hate them more than the all negative people who are fucking scumbags too. But they're equally scumbaggy. I can't, st- I can't stand either. Because right. you people make me look crazy and bipolar when I'm happy about some shit and pissed off about the next. When really that's just fucking reality. And the and Thomas thing about you know I hope nobody ever comes to your work and criticizes you. First of all, we're not showing up at Tommy's work. We're talking on the internet. And second of all, I'm, I'm I get paid two million dollars a year, but I was gonna say I'm not the second most well compensated or first well most compensated person at Notre Dame. I mean like. It's like, come on, man. Like, just well, not tr- only that, but like, imagine if you no, worked I in you're for your friend. I get it. I know you're hurting for your friend. I'm we we want him to succeed, too. But like, just let's let's stop. I mean, it. unless you're a union for as much as he's fucked up this year, he's gone. Imagine <laughs> if you worked in sales and you blew you blew two giant sales leads that cost the company millions of dollars. Like yeah, you're know, not like, going to get fired. What the fuck? Dude? Or, that, or that you'd be immune to criticism, you know, and, and that people at your work wouldn't point that out to you that you would, Oh God. How, how many millions of dollars has the what offensive bu- performances? What bubble are they living Marshall? in with that question? Yeah. How many millions of dollars is the offensive performances against, uh, you know, Marshall and Stanford cost the university? Just on like apparel sales, ticket sales. Well, how about the, a, the bowl revenue? There's too. a different bowl revenue. Oh, for sure. Cost the university hey, millions hey, of did, dollars did you, to get fired. Did you guys it's see, like, listen, did you guys see that there yes. is? No, a don't bring up the bowl. There is a pinstripe okay. though. Fuck, no, I, everyone's making a big deal about the Duke about athletics saying it. Someone was saying it fucking last week. The new one this week that no one's talking about that I put out there. It was from I. Oh, maybe it was Jerry Palm at CBS. Well, Somebody Jerry Palm's out, got the know. What is it? Somebody's got us. Uh, no, it's it's uh, Bonagura, ESPN. Notre Dame versus Minnesota in the Pinstripe Bowl. Do not I, want that heat. I love. No, I fucking love it. Bring out, bring back the Pinstripe uniforms if you oh, go. God. I swear to Christ, oh, if you God. go to the Pinstripe Bowl, yeah. that's the uniform you show up in. I don't care. Only Philip would only you and Philip would be excited. You know, I fucking hate him, but I'm like, if you're going to go do it, go do it. 
go all in. And I do look, I would, some of these matchups are, look, I want to read them off just because I think as shitty as the season we're having, I'm still looking at a really interesting bowl season for Notre Dame. This is not like terrible. This is still very interesting. USA Today has Notre Dame in the Holiday Bowl versus Utah. CBS has them in the Gator Bowl against Arkansas. Richard Johnson is too cool to predict any bowls outside of the New Year's Six and a few like hipster bowls. Uh, so he's too Notre cool Dame to, there. to like college football rankings. I don't know if he's, you saw that tweet. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's, we should abolish college football rankings. It's like, yeah, yeah. thanks, Richard Johnson. Yeah, he's too cool for everything. Uh, so Bonagura has got Minnesota and Penn State. Uh, Pinstripe Bowl. Schleyball has Oregon State in the Sun Bowl, which I fucking kind of love too. I like that uh, too because wait, no, because that's an automatic dub because Notre Dame doesn't beat OSU's. They cannot beat a team. They cannot you, you gotta, beat an OSU. You got you got to break the streak, and it's a, a Oregon State would be a good one to start with. Uh, and then CFN Athlon and Action, um, and Action is just McMurphy. Yes. Uh, is it McMurray? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's McMurphy. McMurphy. I've been watching too much yeah. fucking Letterkenny. McMurray. <laughs> over there, making another action. Um, they all got Notre Dame playing the uh, Florida Gators in the Gator Bowl, and then Sporting News, up. Sporting News, and the Athletic have uh, Notre Dame in Iowa and the Duke's Bowl. All of it's interesting as hell. No, oh, Florida's it's, it's, the pick. Oh, if, if, yeah, of the, the, the obvious, the obvious pick on here that if you ask, because that's an actual get, dub. That's a you dub. get ninety, you get ninety-eight out of a hundred people saying Gator Bowl in Florida. I get that. I I won't hate the pinstripe bowl in Minnesota though. I don't want Minnesota because right. I, I don't want that heat. I don't I don't want to lose to Minnesota. You will beat Florida. You will beat Florida, and at least then you can say that you beat an SEC team. Brendan, I don't so, I don't want to play Minnesota. Brendan, would you set the over under for the Duke's Mail Bowl between Notre Dame and uh, and Iowa? Thirty six. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I was gonna say, I was gonna say about thirty six and a half. Yeah, it's about yep. thirty six. Yeah, yep. I don't, I don't want any of that. I don't, I don't want, I don't want. It would be like two old Ibrahim. I don't want any of that, Muhammad Ibrahim. I don't want to see him breaking tackles against Notre Dame. I don't want that. True. Don't give me that. At any, at any rate, for as bad as we're we're seeing things right now, the the end game picture, which we don't like to talk about too much, but still can be mentioned, doesn't look. It's not, it's not going to be fucking Ball State in the in the in the uh, in the Arizona Bowl, the bar the barstool Arizona Bowl. Maybe you know. I mean, you gotta be you gotta be UNLV first, man. All right. So how is Notre Dame going to do that? And listen, Brendan. Yeah. If you. Don't I'm, tell me. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to talk shit. I'm going to talk shit. I'm going to talk shit. I will fire you. I'm going to talk. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I will fire you. So, 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 so here's the thing. Um, (laughs) I said two weeks ago, I mean, you can pull up the DMS. I said two weeks ago, UNLV was the fourth worst team on Notre Dame schedule going into the season. We all assumed they were the worst. And I said, they're the fourth worst team to, to what I had seen. I thought that Stanford was worse. I thought that Marshall was worse. I thought that uh, Navy was worse. I thought that <laughs> you know UNLV was the fourth worst. Well, Notre Dame's lost the two of those teams. Uh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, UNLV. They were still trash teams. They're still trash they're, teams. You weren't wrong. And that's You're the still, thing. I'm not wrong. They're still terrible teams. Like I said, Stanford is 119th against the run. They're a trash football team. Uh, 
You would be incompetent if you would have said that they were good. No, and we've already, we've still already covered this. Yeah, we've already covered this. They're they're still bad, and they will. Stanford will be bad, and we Stanford will go at best three and nine. Um, but as far as UNLV goes, two weeks ago, I I was I was saying, guys, I think UNLV might be sneaky okay playing the game of football, and then the injury started piling up, and they played San Jose State, and they lost forty to seven, and I was like, all right, well. You know, he's not that great. <laughs> and then they played Air Force and they lost 42 to seven. Yes. And then we're looking at a team that's lost in their last two games by a, a margin of uh, 82 to 14. And you look at the spread and it's well, Morgan's up to, not a hell of a game. It's, it's, it's up to it's up to uh, 27 points now, um, which is sort of an insult Sky to Notre Dame. Yeah, it's sky. It started at 24. It's at 27 sky. now. It's kind of an insult to Notre Dame because uh, the last two weeks UNLV has been brutal, and a large part of that is just injuries. Um, Doug Brumfeld is their or Brumfield is their quarterback. He is their quarterback, and PFF loves him. He's like the fourth highest rated PFF quarterback in in college football. Uh, he scoots around with his legs, um, but he's got a bum ankle, and he's currently in concussion protocol, and he's probably not going to play. Um, they have a, a running back, Aiden Robbins. He's six foot three. Uh, that would probably be a big problem. He's a tough load to bring down. He had a 31 yard against Cal that brought him within a score in the third quarter. Um, he's also injured too. He's got a bum knee. So the two best things about their offense that kind of got them to the point <laughs> that they're at, uh, where they're averaging bumps. over 30 yards uh, a game, they're injured and they're out. Um, so they ran just to put it in the context, they were in 35 plays against air force. Imagine tuning into, to a UNLV game and be like, Oh yeah, I can't wait to watch my Rebs play today and getting to watch the offense run 35 plays. <laughs> they only ran 55 against uh, uh, San Jose state. So in those two games is basically like what Ohio state does in, in any general game with like 80, 80 plays. Um, they're also down to their third string strong safety, which isn't great um, for for the for the for the boys uh, from from Las Vegas. Um, I mean, they're a bad team. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, the best part about them is probably <laughs> not playing their quarterback, and the second best part about them, Aiden Robbins, uh, who like ran for you know 300 yards basically against North Texas, he's not playing either. They're down to their third string strong safety. They don't have anybody humanly imaginable. They're going to have to triple team Michael Mayer to cover him. Um, they're one of the absolute worst teams in college football at converting third down, which is something that's killed Notre Dame uh, in all of their losses is allowing teams to pick up third down. They went one for 12 against Cal. They're 91st in the nation. They're, they're 31 out of 86. Um, you might look around there and you're like, oh, look at that. Look at that. Uh, they have 17 sacks on the season, which is pretty good. Pretty good, right? But I'm not excited about that because five of them were against an FCS opponent. and Four were against San Jose State, who's 116th in the country and giving up sacks. And then four were against Cal, which is giving up 106 sacks, which even made Notre Dame's pass rush look competent when they had six sacks against Cal. Everybody else are just getting one sack. So they don't really have a pass rush unless they're playing the trashest of the trash uh, offensive lines. 
Um, they do. Uh, they are kind of good at picking the ball off. Um, they got 11 of them. Uh, or so, so they're kind of good. Um, up until the San Jose state game. And then they stopped picking passes off. Uh, they, they haven't had a pass picked off since the San Jose state. I mean, obviously against air force, you're not going to pick off a lot of passes, but, um, it's, it's fallen off a map. Um, they're not great against giving against the run, but I think that that's kind of like a shitty stat to point out. They're 91st, but, um, before the San Jose state game, which everything sort of fell apart for them, um, they gave up 609 yards rushing between San Jose State and Air Force. They've given up 1,156 on the year. So half the yards they've given up rushing was just in those two games. Is is it going to continue against the Notre Dame? I don't know. But they're a shitty team that Notre Dame should beat. Um, and I don't have anything nice to say about them. Right? They're going to be playing a backup quarterback. They have a backup running back. Um, their defense isn't great. They've given up 82 points in the last two games. This is a team that Notre Dame should get right against, but I said all sorts of horrible things about Stanford and Stanford still is horrible and they couldn't do anything against Stanford. At least Stanford has like, you know, power five talent theoretically. But when I look at this UNLV team, this is a team that Notre Dame should have no problem against but Notre Dame shouldn't have had a problem against Marshall and Notre Dame shouldn't have a problem against Stanford. And here we are at three and three. How's that? I think that was good. I think that was perfect. What a trash team. Am I still employed? <laughs> you are, you are. All right. Gracefully. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, This is a game that was supposed to be a complete oversight. It was a game that my wife was insulted by when I, when she asked me to take her and the kids, everybody to a, to a game this year uh, as a family. And I was like, yeah, UNLV ought to be it. And then she yelled at me about why wasn't it Clemson? And I'm like, do I have to explain why <laughs> I'm not taking everybody and sitting in the stands for Clemson? Uh, it's UNLV. And then anytime she hears the name UNLV. So this is a, this is a really a big setup week for me. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be a forgetful week. I talked to a, a friend who bought uh lower, lower level uh, Clemson seats for $300 before the season. And now he's just like, I am so mad at my preseason self. I should have <laughs> waited in a first year head coaches, you know, se- season that, uh, you know, I should have, I should have just like seen how it went, you know, but I just got, I needed to, I needed to know I was in for the Clemson game. I said, well, you, you were definitely in. So. Yeah, this is, I mean. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> I never, never, I did not think in August that I would even start entertaining. I thought the UNLV preview was going to be Brendan talking about how trash they are and then us uh, going around and picking a uh, group of five schools that should join together and make their own super conference uh, based off of NIL to compete against everybody else, which is still a great idea, by the way. Um, like 40 to seven against San Jose state with, with no Jeff Garcia at quarterback, no. uh, 42 to seven loss against air force with no Bo, Bo Morgan at quarterback. Are you sure he Bo, wasn't there? I don't know. Name, th- <laughs> name one player on, name one player on air, on air force's roster. I can't, I really can't. <laughs> hey, I'll do you a favor. I'll do you a favor. Bo Morgan jr. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah. Look it up. No, he's not. He's actually not. <laughs> Okay. He could be for all um, you know, though. No, they do use a he'd fullback. Be, he'd be though. the right. He'd be the right age, though, wouldn't he? Look, if if somebody said Bo Morgan Jr. is playing football at Air Force, I wouldn't. At a, in your light, I just questioned it. I wouldn't have questioned it at any other time. Someone could have told me that and been like, "Yeah, duh, no shit." It's Bo, Bo Morgan. Morgan's Bo Morgan's forty-seven. He could absolutely have a kid oh, God, yeah. playing at uh, at Air Force. I can't believe Bo Morgan's older than me. See, that's fucked up. He's, he, I mean, Bo Morgan is ageless. It's like, I mean, I'm uh, just thinking, it's like Keanu Reeves, right? I'm just thinking about, uh, what, 2001? Was it 2001 or was it 2002? 2002, when Notre Dame went out to Colorado Springs. 2002, went out to Colorado Springs. And I kept I mean, thinking... I kept thinking, how how are we gonna how are we gonna beat Bo Morgan? And he'd been graduated for six years. <laughs> so sometimes people just leave an impression on you, you know. Yeah, like Brian Cardinal at Purdue, he still might be there wearing those elbow pads. So let's, I mean, let's talk about something real here, Jude. What what do you need to see? Notre Dame do against UNLV to give you any hope that the season is going to end with seven, eight wins. So it sounds cliche, but I, I need to see execution, right? I need to see the uh, the crispness of, I'm sorry, uh, is Marcus Freeman on this podcast? Yeah. I, I need to see Drew Pine getting back to his 75% completion rate. I need to see um, formations that make sense against against the defensive alignments. I need to see guys running routes where um, you know they can actually get open besides Michael Mayer. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I think I need to see um, some sort of of a pressure, especially on third down. I can't stress this enough. And I think maybe it was Jamie Uyama who was kind of harping on this point recently too. The 
the weird um, four-man rush with like no stunts and no late blitzes or, you know, it just, it's not, guys are just not making, they're not getting in and, and uh, quarterbacks faces. They're not causing havoc. They're not causing uh, disruption to the play. Guys are just standing back there. And I also need a level of aggressiveness from the, from the defensive backs that I don't think we've seen all season. I need guys who are, not just trying to keep every play in front of them, but are actively trying to to grab a ball to knock a pass away. Um, I, I'm asking for a lot, but um, that's what we need if we're going to not lose to Clemson, USC, and possibly Syracuse. There was a stat that came out just just earlier today from uh, from Phil Steele, and th- this is this is my dilemma. This is my dilemma. Notre Dame is ranked 10th in the country in defenses holding their opposing offenses to yards per game below their opponent's average. Or, and with uh, they're doing 112 yards, um, offenses are doing 112 yards less per against Notre Dame than they are against anybody else that they've that they've played, which is pretty fucking good. But herein lies the tragedy and my my sanity. Uh, I tweeted out, I quote tweeted it, and just said, I'll, I'll read it. Says, imagine how I said. Imagine how much better Notre Dame's defense could be with just a little more help from the offense. Now, imagine how much better Notre Dame's offense could be with a few more turnovers from the defense. This is my padded cell. Like it is so. Football is so hand in hand, so much more hand in hand than people than people talk about uh, sometimes because it is so easily slotted into offense and defense and special teams. But it's. It all it's it all works together. Any coach will tell you, and any good fan and any good analyst will, will explain how much the this all fucking works together. Like when you go, like when Notre Dame went in to go, when Notre Dame goes in to play play Georgia down in down in Georgia or or Ohio State down in Columbus, the game plan isn't just this is the defensive game plan, this is the offensive game plan. It is a game plan together as a team that you are working off one of one another. The problem is that the, the bargain has not been. The bargain has not been qualified. Their name's defense has, has, play, name's has played well, but Notre Dame's offense has played not well enough. And with, <laughs> but those things, when they're not going in hand, you're not getting short fields uh, to get scores up. They you're did not, like, against You're also not staying out there. To, like they got a block. Like it wasn't yes. the defense, but they got principally blocked a punt. I'm saying over. Throughout the season, throughout the and season, they didn't that score any points off of it. Like they had a short field, right? They got a, they got the ball at the thirty-two. They blocked the punt. Like the special teams did their thing. They set the offense yeah. up at the thirty-two, and they shit the bed, right? So even when they got the short field, they still managed to find a way to not get any points on the board. In that game, perhaps they weren't ready because it hasn't, hasn't been happening all season. They're like, <laughs> they're like, oh shit, this just happened. At any rate, it just it has not been working. Like most good teams feed off of each side of the ball. That hasn't been the case for Notre Dame this year. It just did not worked that way. So I'm with Jude on like, I mean, we just, we just got to see a competent. I want to see a competent battery. I want to see competent um, personnel decisions. Competent execution of not just the play itself, but like 
performing the <laughs> every bit to get to that play. Like everything has seemed off base. Like I want Audric Estimate to touch the ball before the second quarter. Me too. Like, I there's want, just there's multiple I want things. The, here. I want wide receivers to outnumber Michael Mayer in um I, think I want my DBs to fucking for, tackle. I would like the, that as well. I'd like the linebackers to make plays. But I think what I'm looking for, the only thing that's going to encourage me um, coming out of this game is that wide receivers as a whole outnumber Michael Mayer in the number of targets. Because that hasn't happened at any point this year, to my knowledge. Right. Which, I mean, yeah, Michael Mayer has been, wide receivers have not outnumbered Michael Mayer singular man in terms of targets and and you can look at past attempts and it was like well you know you look at um cow game was well, running backs right um right wide receivers have not eclipsed michael mayer in targets and i need that to be something that has to happen in order for me to feel okay because i know for a fact that michael mayer you could target him 15 times and he's going to catch 12, 13 balls and you're going to beat UNLV handily. But that puts you in the same position that you were in when you did that to BYU. And then you shit the bat against right. Cap, like, or against Stanford. I need to see the wide receivers being targeted and being used as part of the game plan. And Drew Pine succeeded in getting them the football and not just, you know, six, six yard out routes to, to pick see, here, it out. And the thing is we've, We've, we have proof now. We've seen things now. You know, regardless of some of the drops that that Lorenzo Styles has had, we have seen him make plays. We've seen him catch the ball, score touchdowns. We have seen Jaden Thomas now be a playmaker. Moss and dudes. He can make plays. Tobias Merriweather is in that mix now because of what we just saw against Stanford. Yeah. And if you go back and look at the fucking the film – from this season, Braden Lindsay is getting shitted on for no god, not for he no goddamn reason. He had a touchdown. It, is, it has been tough to swallow if you're a Braden Lindsay. The amount of times that he has been wide open and either not found, overthrow, it has been criminal. Like they are just dragging him down. He looks like shit out there because Drew Pine or Buckner before him, what are, they have just not. He's open, man. He's fucking open. They're not getting the ball to him. It has been a tough, it's been a tough sledding um, going on there. But those are four guys that I have seen an, either enough of, or just, you have seen it where they could be, they could be players. So you can go into, so when it gets UNLV, I guess what I would like to see is two of those guys, at least be players in the passing game. I want no, whether it's Jaden Thomas or Brayden Lindsay or Mary, four with Mary Weather style two to three catches. Yeah, but I mean, I, I want to see two guys like have a game, like have like two guys with over eighty yards receiving and a touchdown each that aren't named Michael Mayer. Right, I'm talking receivers here, not yeah, uh, not Greek gods um, with no not Bolitnikov. Um, nobody in contention for the Bolitnikov. No, uh, no, Leon Hart reincarnate. So, yeah. Okay. Because, because, I mean, what if Notre Dame goes out there and beats UNLV forty to seven? You did the same fucking thing that San Diego or that San Jose State did. Congratulations! I don't care. I don't care if you beat them by 
33 points. Like what I want to see, like is I don't want to see you go up and run the greatest hits and just do the same things that I know that you can oh, do. You, you know, you know what we need to see boys. The big, the number one thing that we need to see. What do you think it is? The number one thing. Give you each a guess. Uh, score touchdown in the first quarter. There you go. Jesus, yeah. I barely got out of my mouth right there. Yep. Boom. That, that would be a huge step forward. That'd be great. <laughs> right I like me. Hey, Hey, I like to see two. I like to see two touchdowns. I'd like to see the team come out and look motivated coming out of the half. I'd like to see Tommy Reese's 15 scripted plays that we were told were uh, pretty important during that, um, uh, Shamrock series game against BYU that he was great at scripting plays. I'd like to see the, whatever you have scripted up, go to, uh, go to, uh, go to script. I'd like to see Brandon Joseph and or Cam Hart make a play. That sure would be nice. Make a play. Backup quarterback who, uh, has propensity for throwing picks. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Uh, so in the last three games, uh, that UNLV has played New Mexico scored 14 in the first quarter, San Jose state scored seven and air force scored 14. And my internet's just too slow for me to keep uh, going back. Um, but I can imagine uh, Utah State, there's a touchdown. I mean, it's just, if we can't get, fuck that, I'm going to go on. If we can't get two touchdowns in the first quarter, that is an indictment on anything that we were working on this year. Or this this season, or this week, getting ready for UNLV. There should be at least two touchdowns on the board this quarter. Which almost assuredly means that there will not be. It'll be two field goals. It'll be, it'll, um, be a, it'll be a field goal and uh, it'll be yeah, points. Maybe they're and driving. We'll put that, we'll that as a win. No. no. Yeah, that's that. That is just the operation itself. And which I mean, as much as we criticize it, if you can make it work, then that's fine. But it has to work. So maybe maybe this is a game where you can figure out how to actually get it to fucking work. Right. Great. Whatever. Because nothing. As much as we're screaming for Tommy to come down from the tower, Tommy's not coming down from the tower. So well, at least that until sucks. He's pointed it out. Well, until well, I'll say until he's he's out he's out there in San Diego. But but at any rate, yeah, just get some point, make it make it look smooth, and get some fucking points in the first quarter. I also would like to see. I mean, here's something I would like to see. I would like to see Steve Angeli in this football game either by hook or by crook, like either he's coming in in the fourth quarter because Drew Pines looked good or he's coming in the fourth quarter because Drew Pines looked bad. I'd like to see what Steve Angeli has in this football game. That would be nice. Cause I don't know how uh, many opportunities you're going to be able to kick the tires on that bad boy. Um, you know, going forward. Cause you got Cuse that has one of the best defenses in the country. And then you have, uh, Clemson that obviously has one of the best defenses in the country. What is Clemson? Are they, or uh, Q? So they six ranked scoring defense in the nation. Uh, yeah, they are the six ranked scoring yep. defense at 13.2. So um, I'd like to see what the backup quarterbacks has in a game that um, everybody circled from the beginning of the year. You should be able to get the backup quarterback in there. I agree. Anything else? Anything more Jude? Nope. Okay. I mean, I would also like to see fans like not blow this off either. Like just because it's UNLV, like pretend to not not be excited. Like on a touchdown, like like well, fucking enjoy yourself. I've already seen the people saying they're not going to buy Peacock for this game, right? 
Well, good, good for you. Good for you. I don't know what world you're living in, uh, but I can't tell you the lengths I have gone to watch another Dame football game. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've had before. We won't repeat it. It's fuck it. I mean, if if you don't want to watch them, that's on you. You're not, you're not putting your effort in. Uh, If you can't pay $5 to sit on your ass at home to watch a game. Well, and the whole thing smacks up that, 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 do you really care? That ND Nation poster that says, I'm not going to watch another single second of the Brian Kelly era. Tell me why you matter. Tell me why that opinion matters. It doesn't. Yeah. And, and tell me why you even call yourself a Notre Dame fan. Like, I don't, I, I, like, you don't want to watch one of the 12 games that we're gifted with every season. I don't even understand. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's bad. Um, all right. We said what we said. Yeah, we we said what we said. Well, we meant most of it. Judy, Judy, <laughs> at least at least seventy eight percent of it. What do you boys say? We just get to the picks. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, 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 got the, I got the picks ready to go. Um, okay, let's start off. Well, let's start off hot, man. Well, where, um, where's our standing? Where's our standings at, Brennan? Uh, well, everybody went three for three last week, so we held steady. Josh, you're at 25, 15, and 1. Jude, you're at 19, 21, and 1. And I'm at 24, 16, and 1. Which, I mean, those are pretty good numbers, by the way. They're not bad. Uh, okay, so. Notre uh, Dame keeps fucking us. They do keep fucking us. Um, we'll see how this week goes with the picks. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, fresh off a loss to TCU in overtime, is hosting, mind you, uh, Quinn Ewers in his beautiful mullet and the Texas Longhorns. And Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, is a six-and-a-half-point home dog. Jude, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you think Quinn Ewers and Texas is back? I mean, I've heard people talk about Ken a. 10 and 2 or 11 and 2 Texas conference champion go to the college football playoff. They really would like them to. Sure would. So I'm sorry, the the line is Texas laying six and a half? Yeah, Texas is a six and a half point favorite on the road at Oklahoma State. And still water. That's disrespectful to the mullet. Very disrespectful. Which mullet? Which mullet? This is a Which mullet? Oh, it's a mullet. The Gundy mullet. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pull out my OAN shirt uh, and my uh, <laughs> my uh, magazine, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, Oklahoma State and I'll take the points too. I think that. Uh, uh, well, I don't know if this is gonna be a shootout because I was gonna say in a shootout take the points and Oklahoma State. Played a hell of a game last week, but um, yeah, I just uh, look. Fuck Texas. Um, I don't trust them. So give me the, give me the mullet, Oklahoma State mullet. I'm gonna follow suit with you. I I'm not sure. Like I'm sold on Spencer Sanders, um, but I, six and a half points. I mean, almost a touchdown. Like you're you're telling me a touchdown? No. Give me give me Oklahoma State. It seems like. Seems like a layup. I know I'm not going to regret this tomorrow. 
Give me the horns. All right. I, I think Texas is going to make, make this season interesting and enough out there in the big 12 with, I, I just, I don't trust Oklahoma state. Like I don't trust Texas, but right now I don't trust Oklahoma state either because they seem surprised. Like it's almost surprising how well they've done this year up to this point. Like, aha. But then you're like, then you convince yourself like, well, Gundy's done well. You know, in the past, blah blah blah. You you can talk yourself into to why Oklahoma State has done well, and you know Texas has been well documented for being uh, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I just I think Quinn Ewers is the truth. I think he's I think he's good, and that's good enough to get a touchdown win in uh, in Stillwater. Texas just has a better defense than, than I mean, well, than what Oklahoma yeah, State's maybe. putting out there. Um, I mean, we're seeing in the I mean, there's a lot of because uh, this is the nature of the Big Twelve is once they get into conference play, all their teams are going to be ranked because they basically all Big Twelve teams, um, you know, Texas notwithstanding, playing Alabama, basically patsies, so they all put themselves in the top fifteen, so they all end up in these kinds of matchups. Um, well, let me make, let me make an interjection. I listened yeah. to the uh, uh, college football Reddit Spaces uh, last night, and oh my god, did I hear the most ridiculous thing slash smartest thing ever? It was a Purdue. I believe it was a Purdue fan, and he was just fucking going off about Kentucky and the SEC and everyone's bullshit about the SEC being so much superior than everybody else saying, look what you're putting all these fuckers in the rankings. And then they go out and lose to each other all fucking season long. But it's okay because they're, they're ranked. These are this is a close ranked loss or it's a ranked win. He's like, then you go out and you, the, the Big Ten West is doing the same fucking thing to each other as, as the SEC, like East or West or whatever. But nothing, you know, but they're trash. And they just move and down it, one or two spaces. And, it, and it's yeah. dumb because – those SEC schools are probably better than the Big Ten, but we're talking like just within those. If you just started putting numbers next to the names, then you make those arguments, and it's the same records. Like it's just all, it's just all just shit out of thin air. So the guy was right. Like like this SEC like dominant vibe bias that's out there is definitely something that is just that is just created. It is just. It, it, they, they put it out there and like, oh, they, well, this team has all these ranked wins, even though they have, you know, you know, they're they, yeah, sure they're five and three, but four of their wins were were against ranked opponents. They're all SEC schools that are all fucking, you know, down their middle. I don't know. It just it, it made it made sense. It's just funny hearing a Purdue guy make sense and bitch about how the how the Big Ten West is getting shitted on for doing what the SEC does. I just thought it was the I just thought it was the most interesting argument. I was in, I was enthralled. Well, that's, uh, what the, like, that's that is what the like Big 12 is doing. It's like twenty. Like I want to, I want to sit down and have a beer with this guy because he is doing some mental gymnastics that I didn't even think about doing, and it makes sense. And I would, I, I'll sit down and talk a couple hours about it. Speaking, Anyways. speaking of uh, a rank wins against ranked uh, teams, uh, I, we haven't checked in on our boy Matt Campbell in a long time. Uh, Brendan, how uh, how <laughs> Matt teams this year? Uh well, are we talking about Coach Osinko? Cause yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he's going to get the old coach of single cause he's Oh, and four in the conference. Oh, it's not great. 
Iowa State. Iowa State was called. Uh, he finally, he finally got the uh, the Iowa monkey off his back. So that was good, right? That was good. Um, and this is an Iowa State team that took Texas to the wire that Josh uh, ruined our parlay with. Yeah. Um. So, so I love that. I hey, love Owen for Iowa State uh, taking Texas's back, Texas, uh, to the wire. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this conference just beats up on each other, and they got four-ranked teams. You know what's going to happen, Brendan? Oh, well, yeah, he did lose, but but three of those losses were within three points. So to ranked teams, he yeah. didn't he didn't really lose those games. And you're not and exactly wrong still... because he did. I mean, Kansas fourteen eleven, Kansas State ten nine, Texas twenty four twenty one. Have a off? Does the whole state of Iowa have an offensive problem? Is the whole state of Iowa offensive? I mean, they got a uh, meth problem. I call- I would, I, they do have a meth problem. I would say no <laughs> because they did. Iowa State did drop a forty-three spot on the trash can Bobcats of Ohio. Woo! Fuck Ohio University. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think Iowa State's in our pick, so I'll let you get back to what you were doing, but. I mean, it's just crazy yeah. how, how Matt Campbell isn't employed somewhere else, making way more money because I mean, he's so good, I right? I think USC should have taken him, man. Just, like, ridiculous. Oh, they should have taken him. God, I would have. Um, well, speaking of trash can programs that are seemingly overrated for whatever reason, Kansas State is ranked 17th. This could be Notre Dame, right? They had a 17-10 to 10 loss to Tulane. Notre Dame didn't lose to uh, – um, Stanford, they could be right up there in that 17 spot, uh, despite yep. looking lackluster. And alas, that is not it, because uh, you know you beat Oklahoma and, and they will leave you ranked. Uh, just leave you there, set you there. So TCU is hosting Kansas State. They are a three and a half point favorite. I do not understand how TCU is a three and a half point favorite against Kansas State. Um, so I will go first, and I will say that this is the lock of the week. There has never been a more sure lock that I have ever had in looking at college football games in my entire life. Kansas State is awful, and I don't understand how this line is three and a half. Well, I mean, Adrian Martinez, how many interceptions has he thrown this year? How many interceptions has Adrian Martinez thrown? Uh, zero, but he's only thrown four touchdowns. Yes, and therein lies my point. To beat TCU, they're going to have to throw the fucking football. And the Adrian, the non-interception Adrian Martinez is going to just turn into Nebraska Adrian Martinez, and you're going to see three interceptions, bare minimum, this game. TCU is going to roll the Wildcats. Roll them almost as hard as Notre Dame would have fucking rolled them in 2012. Optimus Klein. I'm sorry. Uh, the uh, The only reason that I was pausing was I am scrolling in DraftKings trying to figure out where this this game is so I can bet this TCU lock because what is this line? I agree with all the assessment. Um, TCU is going to have to uh, do the opposite of what we've seen them do all season to to not cover the spread. So I am I am about to bet this shit. Let's do it. TCU. This seems like the most sure pick that I've seen all year besides, you know, USC over uh, Stanford, I think was my previous one. I think How about the hardest four one? and a half? <laughs> but one of the hardest picks of the year. 
Let's hear that. What's the fucking next one? Oh, Oregon. Six-point favorite. This is absurd. Oregon, a six-point favorite at home against undefeated, very proven undefeated UCLA. Like, I, I cannot state enough how proven UCLA is in their undefeatedness, having beaten Washington and Utah, a Utah team that just knocked off the previously undefeated USC Trojans. We watched or we watched Oregon get fucking trounced, embarrassed by white boy, Georgia, 49 to three. Yes. Then they go, then they go on a run. They beat Eastern Washington, 70 to 14 BYU, BYU, 41 to 20 Washington state. Washington State, 44 to 41. That's Stanford, 45, 27. I wish we could have done that. Arizona, 49, 22. Why are you giving up 22 this, to Arizona? And this is the 10th ranked team in the country. Right. Give me a With, fucking break. Yeah. It's a, it's a lie. It's a fucking I mean, lie. they're at home. Austin Stadium's got a, a I don't little care. home field advantage. I don't care. Is this game played on a Friday night? No. Okay. This this is a three thirty ABC. This is a, this is a it, noon thirty kick. Is somebody out for for UCLA that we would affect my understanding of why this spread is the way that it is? Not to my knowledge. UCLA's no. got DTR's good to go. He's good to go. Uh Charbonnet is good to go. Yeah. Pino Dude, Pino, listen, Pino Grigio is good to go. Yeah. Jake Bobo is you, good to go. Jake I mean, how Bobo. Are you going to sleep on big Jake Bobo? Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, Lonzo, I, Ball, Lonzo Ball is injured. I don't, I don't think that's going to affect the football team. But um, Okay, so here's, here's what I'll say. Because you guys are – it sounds like you guys are easily on UCLA here to cover, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, we're yeah. Getting six, we're getting yeah. a touchdown. We're All right. Six so – Six points. I, I know you're not going to find this convincing at all, but SP plus likes Oregon and so does FEI. The but what is SP plus? Wait, 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 wait. Big Give math. me the SP plus. What is the, what is the line? The line is Oregon by 1.4 projected. So you, then, then, then you take the, the, so they're saying they like UCLA. Oh, we're not or- talking about win. Oregon's Oregon like- it. Oregon is a six point <laughs> favorite, my dude. Oh my God. I thought I was sitting here trying to figure out if UCLA would no, come. This is re- no, this is ridiculous. I honestly think UCLA will win outright, but if Jesus. you want to give me six points, I think that they're going to win sure. outright too, but you're oh going to Oh my God. Holy points. cow. Yeah. I was there going, what do I not understand about this? Okay. All right. Yeah. No, UCLA. Let's get the, I'll, I'll take them three points. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Six points. I, I mean, I could see Oregon winning at home. But I think DTR is going to keep it within, you know, a touchdown, right? Yeah. I mean, DTR has been f- phenomenal. Him and Andrew Nooker have been the two best quarterbacks in college football this year. Charbonnet, man. The guy runs like a fucking – like he's twice his size. Yeah. He runs hard. He ran hard when he was at Michigan. Yeah, he's a good running back, man. I'm, that was a guy Notre Dame was was high on and tried to get – and you know, and did not. He missed out Everybody on him. Loves he's fucking good. Yeah. Okay, I'm convinced. Uh, so we're all on, on board here. Um, Jude, this is going to be yours. I'm not going to give any contacts or any preface because this is all you. Clemson is hosting Syracuse down in Death Valley. 13 and a half point home favorite. Jude team of the floor is yours. 
Okay, so every there's been I can't I 2018, 2020, 2021, Syracuse always fucking plays Clemson close. Always. 17 they beat him, right? Yeah, 17 they beat him. Um 18 it was Chase Bryce needing a miracle pass at the end. Right. One of them was a like a a, a fake punt after a penalty like it's been really just fluky how Clemson has continued to win this game. Um you're giving me 13 and a half points. Is that what I'm getting? 13 and a half. 13 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, look. I get Death Valley. I get the whole thing, right? But this is a noon game. This isn't an 8 p.m. deal. Um oh. I, I, I look, I'm taking Syracuse here. I, I think that I don't know that they're going to win, but I know they're going to keep this game within 13 and a half points. I just feel very good about that. And, I, and by the way, this moment's not too big for Garrett Schrader. He played in big games and when he was in the SEC, like he under he can understand hostile environments. So it's not like Tommy DeVito going in there and being like overwhelmed by the moment because he belongs in the Mac. Right. And so. I just, I think that, I think this is the, I think this is the year. Um, and boy, I'll tell you what, Syracuse wins this game. This is going to be three 30. And I bet you, I bet you Herbie sucks. I bet you Herbie and Pat McAfee and everybody else is going to be at the fucking JMA wireless dome out in the, the cold, weather, cold possible. No. College they game. Might look at look at the schedule slate. I, I was looking. No, at yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a pretty trash business. schedule. Look look at all the SEC teams that are yeah. off. Yeah. 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 Look at guys, that. No way. Okay, then name me the Joshua, game that we're gonna go to instead. I, I will. You want me to give you the slate? Are they going yeah. to Utah, Washington? No, 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 because it's Thursday. All right, here's the slate. Are they going to Oklahoma State, Kansas State? If, if both those teams win next uh, this week, yes. Are they going to Ohio State, Penn State? No, that's that's going to be Fox's big noon place. That's, that's well, Fox's noon. That's yeah, what I do that. Are they going back to Tennessee for Tennessee, Kentucky? No, of course not. Michigan, Michigan. They State. could. They could, but they just were there. They're not. Dude, look at the schedule. If 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 Syracuse is undefeated after yeah. having beaten Syracuse, Clemson, it's perfect. It's perfect. It would I'm telling you, no, they they will they will go to an FCS game. They, I'm telling you, they are not. Right. They're but not they going to go cover. Syracuse might not get. Dude, here's I the thing I'll say. Here's the thing I'll say. The ratings, the ratings were never higher for college game day than they were for when they went to Kansas. And they're going to, they, they got a taste for that new market, that new market. And they would get a taste and for Josh, Kansas. you know, 27 and a half percent of everybody who's employed at, at, at ESPN went to fucking new house. So That's like true. It's a home. I, mean, I don't understand why they don't. Why they don't go just go sit on the big dick? I mean, there's a huge game in in the MAC, uh, Toledo at Eastern. I mean, if Eastern wins that, then the, then that division is wide open. I guess Josh, what does Syracuse have to do to to earn a game day slot? I mean, this would be their best. This is no, no, or game day. Was I agree, up. but for Syracuse, unfortunately for them, Notre Dame sucks this year. If I mean, Notre Dame maybe just you could say if, Wake if the, Forest. If Notre Dame would have beat, listen, no. if Notre Dame would have beat Stanford. If Notre Dame would have beat Stanford and Syracuse beats Clemson this week, then that game, then that would be a no brainer, no brainer. But I mean, game day at Manhattan, Kansas, I would tell you if Oklahoma state and Kansas state both win they'll be there. That's without question. 
Could they, but I mean, the Notre Dame and Syracuse one is the, is the eye. You cannot put an eye on it. I'm just saying. Mike Trico would be the guest picker, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Richard Gere or Tom Cruise, both uh, ooh, former residents yeah, of Syracuse. Yeah, Maverick in there. That would be pretty impressive. That would be I, impressive. All right, so, so you're, you're, taking, you're taking you're taking cues. I'm taking uh, Josh, cues, yeah. Josh, yep. you got. You know, there, every bit of me, every bit of me, wants to totally agree with Jude. <laughs> yeah, but and I'm staring at I'm staring at his 19 and 21 record and knowing that he's off. <laughs> he's <laughs> off this year. <laughs> and you know who else has been off? Clemson. They've just been just a little bit off from dominance. Oof, I don't yeah. think I don't think Syracuse is second coming. I think they've had a very good year, and that they are a a, a nice a nice football team. Um, but wins over Louisville, UConn, Purdue, Virginia, Wagner, and a backup quarterback that's worse than True Pine, NC State. It's not all that impressive. But you won all your games, and that's not easy to fucking do. So I I do have respect for for Syracuse. I just think. At some point now, if this game and look, if this was a night game, it, it would be no brainer. I would fucking take Clemson and uh, to, to cover no fucking problem. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even get two sentences out of my mouth. Uh, but noon game, she gets a little funny. But at any rate, I'll take Clemson to cover. Two touchdowns. That's, so they're up a touchdown going into the fourth quarter. Something gets squirrely. That's that's my thought is that I think that Clemson could be up a touchdown going into the fourth quarter. And Clemson like, does that mediocre Alabama role. Yeah. The, you, know, the, you know what I mean? Like they do a mediocre at, version of it. If you look at Clemson just throughout the season, like against Boston College, it was close at halftime, right? It yeah, was, 17, uh, was like 17, 10 or something. Like it was that. 10 to three at half. 10 to three. And then they, ended up, they ended up winning 31 to three. And I can yeah. see a similar sort of situation with Syracuse here where I think Syracuse might even be up at the half. And I think they do. Clemson ends up just leaning into them. And then at some point in the fourth quarter, it ends up being, they end up getting a, a 14 point. Win. Um, now, so I'll take Clemson. Of, Cle- of Clemson's, what are they? Six and seven, seven of, their, of their seven wins yeah. this season. Only Georgia Tech, 41, 10. Furman 35-12, Louisiana Tech 48-20. I mean, these aren't these are power. These are these are teams they beat by more, you know, by more than that that spread. Well, it's only it's you know, only but Wake Forest. NC State, NC State was 30 to 20. Wake Forest, uh, but Florida State was 34-28. Yeah. So I mean, like they had the starting quarterback. Jude, like State, like Jude right? like Jude has a chance here, but. No, I have to, I absolutely think that Syracuse could ob- I mean Syracuse could obviously win this game. Um could win this game. I think they could outright win this football game. Um I'm not entirely sold on Clemson's offense. I think that it's it's predicated on the long pass game. I don't think they're content with just getting into a muck and mire sort of football game that Syracuse might put them in. I mean, they just keep put, they just keep putting the miles on off. Will Shipley too. I mean, by all means, go ahead, keep putting the miles on on Will Shipley. Right, right, right. I mean, he's got a bye week to prepare for Notre Dame, but 
but yeah, I'm, I mean, a high ankle sprain. I absolutely, gonna I absolutely think that Syracuse could get this, put this game in the twenties, and it could be like a 27-24. You pick the winner, a three-point win. But I also see it could be a situation where Cuse can't score and it's 31-10. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, Syracuse's defense is for real, but that that Texas game is huge for us right now. <laughs> is what we're saying. My only so regret what, is I li- I live in New York State and I can't bet New York based college football teams because I would definitely lay some money down on Syracuse covering. Uh, I'm in Ohio. I can't bet until January first. Oh. That's why I do all the betting. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Uh, all right. So last game, Notre Dame, UNLV. Notre Dame's a 27 point favorite. Who wants to go first on this? So I will. I will. I'll, I'll okay. go first. I'll be. I'll be short. I don't give a fuck what the spread is. When you're gonna win a game 52 to nothing, who fucking cares what the spread is? 52 nothing. UNLV, man. <laughs> so, uh, look. I know that. Um, the the ghost of Matt Lavecchio or Jarius Jackson or anybody else doesn't inhabit the current Notre Dame players, but I just want to, I just want to walk you through a brief history of Notre Dame favored by more than 27 in, uh, in any, any game back to 1999, uh, a oh couple my. of Navy, couple of Navy games, Notre Dame, 28, Navy, 24, Notre Dame, 34, Navy, 16, Notre Dame, 30, Navy, 23. Triple Dame, option doesn't count. Notre Dame 40, Notre Dame 42, Rutgers zero. There's a cover. Uh, Notre Dame 34, Syracuse 10, Notre Dame 31, Stanford 10, Notre Dame 41, Army nine. Uh, well, they were, (laughs) USC was favored by 32 and a half in the uh, 2008 game, which they won 38 to three. Notre Dame 40, (laughs) uh, Washington state 14, uh, Notre Dame 28, Temple 6, Notre Dame 30, Purdue 14, Notre Dame 62, Massachusetts 27, Notre Dame 39, Nevada 10, and Notre Dame 24, Ball State 16. And so what you got there is you've got four wins against the spread. And one of them is uh, a, one of them is Army, one of them is Rutgers, one of them is Massachusetts, and one of them is Nevada, right? And so you ask yourself, could they cover? Where is UNLV located? <laughs> can, can they cover 27 points? Um, they absolutely can. But have they put up enough offense in the last two weeks to make me think that this is not this is not going to be a first quarter train wreck and I'm going to be saving it. 27 points the whole time? I, they have not. So I'm going to take you. I'm going to take UNLV and the points. And I'll say Notre Dame wins. Oh, 37-21. I thought you were about to say 13-21. 21? 20 yep. fucking one points, Jude? Here's what I'll say, I mean, Jude. I mean, I, I, UNLV is starting a backup. The two best parts of their offense are not going to be there. The 31-6 sounds good to me, which is what I'm picking. 31-6 to six and not covering that spread. I don't think they're scoring 21, but I think UNLV will get um, a couple of field goals and Notre Dame wins 31 to six. I think the offense still looks shitty, uh, but I think UNLV is hot trash and all their best players are gone. So um, 
I think UNLV covers, but Notre Dame wins like 31 to six because 27 is too many points for this Notre Dame offense for me to, um, even without the pressure of it uh, being actual money picks, I don't I don't feel comfortable. UNLV has scored a grand total of 14 points in the last two games against San Jose State and Air Force. Somehow they're going to come up with 21. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was I was going to say something about Stanford <laughs> giving up rushing yards to oh, I get it. under the sun. I get it. But I get it. But but not every game has to be a backfire. I don't. Everybody I don't disagree that. with you. I'm like I'm on Team Jude as far as Notre Dame's not co- Notre Dame is not covering this 27. I guarantee. Not going I guarantee to- it. I guarantee it. I mean, I didn't just pick Notre Dame to cover, so we didn't bet on this game. But if I did, <laughs> still, I still think I still think that they absolutely can, should, and most likely will. I don't I think they I, can and they, should, but yeah. I do not think that they will. I think that, I think that's right. Well, well, that's obvious because you guys took out took another yeah, name win. You and about. Well, the, and the plus, I mean, you know, you betting Notre Dame to cover has failed us spectacular. Well, no, it actually hasn't failed us spectacularly. That's actually done us pretty good. I think we're four and two. I mean, we did did our, I mean, at any rate, right? Because we called Notre they, Dame to cover against. Ohio State, they did. Uh, Marshall, that's a one and one. Um, Cal puts us at uh, one and two. North Carolina so puts us at two and two. All right, then, I got some questions. I got some questions, yeah. gentlemen. What is a thirty-five-three Notre Dame win tell you about Notre Dame? Nothing. Jude. To, to pull the old Pete Sampson. Nothing. <laughs> 35 to three. I mean, yay. Uh, it just doesn't. You, it doesn't. Does that, you scored does less that, points in San Jose State. What, what I'm saying is, does that show you any improvement from what they were against Stanford? Uh, you know, look, it depends on. It, I, I hate to copy. So what you're saying, right? I, guess, but, I guess what I'm saying is. In a, in a lot of ways, like did they Notre go Dame not cut Notre Dame not covering in this game? Five nothing at half, and then they put in Steve Angeli to fuck around in the second half. I mean, I don't know, you know, like right? See, that's where I don't think Angeli is going to really show up because I think I think Notre Dame needs a big one. I think they need a a no brainer. Like everyone, like this is going to be a completely forgettable game for the reason that it's going to be a giant blowout. And this is, and no, they're not going to get any credit for it by any fan, but they, but it's the non-credit blowout win that they need to move forward. A 35, three game, which does cover doesn't do shit. That, that, that just makes more. That's just, that's just tougher to watch. That's I why wasn't it, it more? It takes them so long to score points because they don't have like, is this going to be the game where they finally start Busting out long runs or long pass plays. Cause I think Maybe. that 41 yard play to, um, Merriweather is kind of like the bellwether, right? I mean, ha- what do they pull out four five a- of those? Yeah. I but mean, it's that, not, I'm not going to bank on them all of a sudden doing that. Like, I, I just think that it, they're so meandering with their offense that I just don't feel comfortable enough to say that they're going to beat a team by 28. 
but with all all the shit going on this week, all the, all the words said, all the all the stories, all the everything, you don't think that's not going to be like a major focus of Notre Dame this week? Is so the does clean, that cause is the clean him, Does that cause them to press more? The, does that cause them to try and like force plays? Like, do I mean, maybe I think I mean, that Drew listen, Pine is suddenly going to be able without, to go through his progressions and not just stare down Michael Mayer like he's with, Gary Gray without, looking into the eyes of um, without know, trying to sound like an ob- obnoxious asshole, without trying to sound like an obnoxious Homer. Who fucking cares if they press? They should press. Their talent level is on is a fucking is like a metric ton more. Yeah. Than what UNLV has, I'd be pissed if they weren't pressing, right? What are you? I mean, so they should press, and I think, I think, on talent alone, and if they clean up just a few fucking things, as far as the the whole operation goes, it doesn't have to change. It should change. Don't get me wrong. We all believe that there should be a change in operation. It's not going to, but if they can clean some of that up, which they can do. The talent level alone and a cleaner operation will fucking have them destroy UNLV. Exp- exp- I mean, but that's add what that I in, thought. Add that's that, what add I that thought in, Add that into UNLV being without their quarterback and the running back. Add that in. Right, and their quarterback is the primary reason why UNLV has seemingly flipped from being one of the worst teams in the FBS to being like mildly right. okay. And it's a big reason why the line jumped from 24 to 27 too. Right. Right. Because they don't have the pieces in place that they, they had, you know, that you, that you thought that they'd be able to a competitive football team, but that's, uh, I mean, even then, like, I don't have a, I don't have any issue in Notre Dame's defense being able to hold them down. I just, I just think that the whole operation of Notre Dame's offense is so slow that even in the BYU game where you should have scored at a minimum 40 points against BYU, you only scored, you know, 28. Yeah. It, it feels like the offense, the offense is like 12 to 15 points behind what they should actually be scoring in any given game, which is why they have three losses, right? Cause they should have beaten, you know, with all things that went according to to plan, like even with the shitty play, they should have beaten Stanford, you know, scoring 28 points. They should have scored 28 points against Stanford, and they didn't. I get they should have, I'm just, They should have beaten Marshall scoring like 35, 38 points, and they didn't. I mean, although I predicted 52 nothing, when Notre Dame wins this ball game, 45 to 6. I'll be here for you. And it's not to brag. It'll just be to be like, I'm just going to say they clean some things up. Time, time to have some confidence in what you do. Go, go into game day in Syracuse. I I get it all. I just, and I, I just, I don't think 27 is enough. I think think I, like we've been surprised by many things, and this is definitely a game where a lot of Notre Dame fans who are putting money down are doing exactly what, what you guys are doing because it's the most logical thing to do. There's no fucking way in hell Notre Dame's going to cover 27 points. It is a very logical statement. 
I am not a logical man. I got, I got proof for that. Just go back and look at everything I've read and tweeted out in the last fucking decade and a half. But I'm right sometimes. Well, you're, pure emotion. You're certainly pure emotion. You're certainly right. This this uh, this year, 25 and 15, right? The facts speak for themselves. Yeah. See, I don't even use logic to explain my logic, Jude. That's how fucking fucked up I am. <laughs> so, oh, I think I just I think they fucking hammer them. And if Notre Dame does the right thing, the correct thing, and leave the fucking blue jerseys in the closet, we could be we could be talking about a 60 burger, boys. There is no shot that they wear green jerseys against UNLV, right? They <laughs> I, should. They there would is be no crucified. shot. I think I think they should go out in all whites. Dylan Edwards thinks it's a good look. I mean, it that did look so good. Leave the blue jerseys in the closet. Can't win in them. My number one gripe with the road jerseys is just how washed out everything looks on the pants. And even in the 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 hooker gold pants era, I just think gold pants, old oh. gold or Vegas gold just looks oh, washed I know, man. out. I think I I think the away jer- I like the away jerseys better than the home jerseys. Like I think the, I think that's a clean. I think the away the away look for Notre Dame is clean as fuck. You know what? Bring back the fucking Wisconsin Shamrock series jerseys. Those jerseys grew on me like a fucking like this weird ass uh, skin thing that I had last week. Like the, <laughs> like whatever the heck was growing on uh, Frank Beamer's neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bring the bring the the 2021 Shamrock series. I mean, they got them around somewhere, right? No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously they were an homage to the city of Chicago, right? Well, I mean, it's right there. You can get you get right there on the on the uh, on the shoreline, and you know, that's the only way I'll go to Chicago is drive to South Bend and then take take the train into Chicago. I won't fucking I, drive in that city anymore. I had a delightful time in Chicago, and we walked the whole time. It was uh, it was fantastic. Didn't get. Well, I mean, we walk months. around too, but I just don't want to drive there. I don't want to drive in that city ever again. When when school buses are trying to take me out, like oh, literally see, summer. with no exit, so. they're trying to push me off the side of the road. Uh, I quit. I, I don't know who drives in Chicago. Probably many of you, uh, but not me anymore. The only, the only driving uh, I did was we that. were so centrally located. We got to walk everywhere. The only driving I did was the Navy pier. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have any problems uh, driving anywhere. And it was like Look, I the, got, getting in there and then driving Navy Pier, and that wasn't a, that I, wasn't a problem for me. I got problems in my neck of the woods as it is. I mean, there's Amish floating around. Ever try to ever try to drive around on an Amish Sunday? It's a fucking motherfucker. It's it's terrible. I I damn near took out a, an entire uh, buggy uh, this last Sunday. Damn close. Damn close. No, it was uh, that Sunday off. Yeah, was you would have the Amish Mafia after you if you would have done that. Well, let me tell you, I've done it before, so. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's, That's like, like a it's driving, not... a, for me, driving in Ann Arbor is you you don't contest with the Amish, you contest with bikers because there are. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Bikers yeah. is yep. a nightmare. Yeah, uh, listen, if, if you are not, I don't, I'm so sick and tired hearing bike people talk about their right. No one has a right to the fucking road but the motherfuckers with trucks. Uh, <laughs> You're a truck driver now. Other than that, get the fuck off the road. Uh, (laughs) Amish people, bikers, 
figure out something else with your life because uh, that's dangerous. Anyways. All right. Um, okay. We did, we did our job. Uh, so let's finish it. Jude, what do you got left in the tank? Um, Arike Ogumawale and Marina Mayberry retreated me today. So I, I think I can just die now. Um, excellent job. Yeah. Arike had she, like Q and a Q&A on the uh, WNBA Twitter page. And, uh, I just asked a cheeky question and she, uh, she gave a she gave a funny answer and and I don't know I was I was well, it's just a question Jude you dropped you dropped stats you dropped knowledge yeah yeah I mean I just I was uh, I was on the treadmill one day and I, they put up a graphic about the people in the WNBA who had the most technical fouls and it was Sky number one uh, Arike number three and Marina Mayberry number five and I just I just thought that was so funny because uh, you know we got you know probably uh, probably eight or nine ladies in the league and uh three of them are in the, the top five for most technical fouls so uh i just asked arike about that and she just said you know it was just the she she made a good joke about how the Notre Dame staff got her all fired up and they were all spicy and and then marina jumped in with a little comment too so it was fun it was a fun interaction i'm happy to have done Happy to have had it. I thought it was going to be like every other question I've ever asked of a of a blue check mark, which usually just gets summarily ignored. Uh, so it's nice <laughs> to have a response. I don't so, ignore you, Jude. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Brendan, what do you got left in the tank? Uh, man, I don't got any. Uh, I got a whole lot left in the tank. Um, if I, you know, you you put out the tweet today about. Um, you know, people who had, uh, you know, the one thing that people follow you, you know, that you keep harping on. You're like, well, I got 12 things. And it's like, uh, well, yeah. you know, I got a million anime takes. Uh, if I get to uh, 2K followers, you follow at very piratey at, on, uh, on the old Twitter machine. I will promise you two things. I will promise you um, almost exclusively Notre Dame memes. And uh, also, if I get 2K, I'll uh, drop some of my anime memes on there or uh, anime takes on there. So, uh, oh, I want to see that. Twitter handle at very piratey. Go, go light it up. I listen. Brendan is your favorite tweeters, tweeter, favorite tweeter. So just all go of follow the, all of the Golics, but Mike jr. Uh, like my tweets, <laughs> all of the, all um, of the female Golics have been, uh, liking it. Yeah. The, fe- the female Golics are, are much, are mu- much kinder and much cooler. <laughs> on that end oh shit touch grass <clears throat> uh well I got, I got i got a few things to lay out uh number one it's not going to be a winter storm in south bend this weekend which is unfortunate hopefully that's gonna be it all saved up for clemson's arrival but we all know that to be false um but i do find it funny that it was snowing pretty hard monday and uh tuesday um but I didn't fool anybody with my weather report and the picture of the uh, the person in Antarctica with the big, the big snow machine. Big snow machine, yeah, snowplow. Yeah, didn't it didn't fool anybody. Made me think of the um, greatest horror movie of all time during the spooky season uh, being The Thing, which is the best uh, oh, horror movie of all time. It did. You know what it made me think of? National Treasure Two. Oh, good movie. I hear they're remaking or they're they're doing a new National Treasure, which I'm not excited for because it's not in a cage. Yeah, they couldn't get him on. 
And also, they're teasing some HBO Max sequel of the Christmas Story. Did not you see excited that? about that. Yeah, not excited about that. <laughs> they've already they've already done two. Yeah, it's, they, I, they have legitimately done two, and they've been legitimately terrible. Yeah. yeah. Not excited for any more Christmas stories. Um, remakes. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched uh, Halloween Ends, but that movie was atrocious. It was bad. It was. It was basically. I don't know if you've seen John Carpenter's Christine, but it was a remake of Christine, not Halloween. Oh, that's terrible. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, I will say I'm. I'm enjoying uh, House of Dragon, and sad to see the. Oh, it's been phenomenal. We only got one more. Uh, it's been fucking great. Uh, the the time jumps though have been a little jarring. I think, like I think they could have took this one season and split it into two easily, but I but I understand why they did not. Um, but it's good, it's really fucking good. They are starting to redeem themselves a little bit for uh, uh, what they did with that last season of Game of Thrones. Um, but no, uh. Notre Dame women's basketball. Speaking of which, Jude, uh, coming in at number nine in the preseason AP poll. Saw that. Very uh, nice. so that's good. That's good news. It's good to have competitive women's basketball. Um, and Notre Dame men's basketball is picked to finish sixth in the ACC, which is just a week after we were hearing a lot of talk about Final Four or bust. Uh, definitely Sweet Sixteen or bust kind of talk, and then. Uh, then they go ahead and the ACC media just lets Notre Dame to know exactly where they, what they think of them, which is the same shit every year, Duke in North Carolina. There's like for freshman of the year or newcomer of the year, whatever Duke has five guys on there listed. It's like the fuck. I hate this goddamn conference. I fucking hate it. Um, and now they suck. It's not, it's not even a good thing to be in the ACC anymore. Cause it's so bad. Um, <laughs> from middle to bottom. Uh, but excited about uh, hearing Mike Bray saying a freshman uh, that Alan Lubin's going to be a starter. That's fucking dude. That's that's not that's not small news. That's big news. Um, not big enough for me to write a story on, mind you. Um, sorry, it was a busy day. Uh, but I did put it in a comment and <laughs> the story about them being picked to finish six. So, uh, but but yeah, basketball ready to go. Notre Dame hockey got a got a sweep over Northern Michigan last weekend. Um, so we're gearing up for that. And so I'm going to use this opportunity while I'm talking about women's basketball, men's basketball and hockey to once again, put it out. If you're listening to this still, look, especially if you are a Notre Dame student, especially, I know somebody out there loves when I say it like that, especially if you're a Notre Dame student, but not exclude. You don't have to be. If you want to join the one foot down crew, if you want to be a part of something fun and is passionate yet doesn't give a fuck, which is, I think is a very accurate representation of us. We're your spot. Maybe you wanted to go right on the observer and, uh, they've got their spots filled. I have a, I have an unpaid internship just waiting for you to write whatever it is that you want, whenever it is you want. I got three sports, uh, that are just dying for more coverage. Um, and especially at the beginning of the seasons when it's difficult because, um, cause we are so football focused, um, Throughout the throughout the year, which does duck a nice trip. I mean, we do we do plenty of coverage for the basketball programs and hockey once um, get those things going. But if anybody out there is listening to this, like, man, I, I really want to do something, 
hit me up subwaydomer26 at gmail.com uh, uh, to, to, to say, Hey, and I'll tell you a way to, to become a part of the team. You hit me up on the DMS on Twitter, whatever it is. Uh, just if you're interested at all in, in writing about these, being a part of the team and think maybe I got, maybe, maybe you got a future in writing, but, uh, but you try to figure out an outlet. We can help you out. We've done it for, we've done it for others. I need to make that list, dude. I got, there are some, there are some, uh, alumni in our ranks that have gone on to, uh, bigger and better things, careers, uh, that have been at one foot down. So, well, it's definitely, we got to brag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's all that I have left in my tank. I know I got more. Oh, nope. Sorry. I got a couple more things to get off my chest. First of all, I would like to address any of you fans out there that keep commenting about the Tommy Rees being forced upon Marcus Freeman thing. Tim Priester has been adamant. And I mean like fucking pounding the fist about that not being the case. This was, that was a mutual marriage. Now, if you're Marcus Freeman, you've never been a head coach before and Notre Dame is right there and you just kind of say yes to Tommy. Maybe that's one thing. But if you think it was just absolutely 100% forced upon him on that moment, I don't think that's true. Just stop with the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. People that uh, that have better, way better sources than me say that's absolutely 100% false. I'm gonna go with what they're saying on that one. Um, and and look, the other narrative about Marcus Freeman is is that oh, we should have never have hired anybody without head coaching experience and yada yada yada. And I got I started to get into a Twitter argument, which was dumb, but I just felt I needed to comment a little bit, like. Almost like it was like it was never going to work because of this. And yet there are so many cases where it has worked. Dabo Sweeney, Ryan Day, Chip Kelly, Lincoln Riley. There is a long list of assist, assistant coaches coming up to a blue blood ranking and performing well. It's it's not unheard of. And my point being is like there is not a fucking formula for this. It's either the right guy or not the right guy. That's it. I mean, what if we hired Urban Meyer as our head coach before he went to Bowling Green? Do you think Urban Meyer would have fucking flunked out? Because I don't. I think you either got it or you don't. Some guys got it, some guys don't, and you figure it out. And Notre Dame is that stage where you're going to figure it out one way or another. Uh, is it going to be the first year? No. Uh, but it doesn't look good right now. I can tell you, <laughs> tell you that much. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there's not a year two and a year three to to flip that around. I am very critical of what Notre Dame is doing, what Marcus Freeman is doing and that staff. Uh, but I'm also very supportive in the way like we want it to work, right? Like there's <laughs> anybody rooting against it is just a fucking asshole at this point because you want it to work. So I'm going to root for it to work. And that's about it. I just had to get... The, Multiple things bouncing off my head out of my chest. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Anyway. Got it? Okay. Got it. I just, I just wanted to to leave you all with the, with, I'm, I'm patting myself on the back a little bit, but I gave someone a 50% tip today and I want, I want to explain it to you. Uh, 50 or 15? 50, five, zero, 50% tip. And here, here it was, don't pitch your eggs. Don't put all your eggs 
Don't put all your eggs. 50% tip right there. Okay. Just, <clears throat> just a tip. All right. Well, we did our job tonight. Make sure you do so, your job. Someone is going to laugh at that and tweet at us. You know that, right? I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <clears throat> and Brendan's starting just washing. I knocked over a can of my White Claw Hard Seltzer Lemonade Boy, Blood God. Orange, which is delicious. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed a six-pack of Natural Light tonight. Because it's cheap. <laughs> it's a bite, baby. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we did our job. Do your job. Get on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Any review that you leave, we will read. Be a part of the show, man. We're here. We're here for it. And we're going to be here for Notre Dame. Uh, cover or no cover? Because they'll win. But it'll be cover or no cover um, on our next recap. Uh, whenever we manage to to sober up enough to do it so for jude for brendan and for everybody over at one foot down thanks for listening and as always go irish